0: this morning. So as our Sunday school kids are dismissed to go to their class, why don't we just lift up the name of Jesus and uh, invite him to speak to our hearts this morning. Would you do that with me? Jesus, we love you. We worship you, God. We magnify your name. We thank you for what you've done for us, Jesus. We thank you for how you're moving in our midst here this morning. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would begin to touch our hearts and our minds, Lord, that your glory would be manifested here today, in Jesus' name, have your way in this service. Have your way in this message, Lord. Let your will be done and help us to know you in Jesus' name. We give you praise and thanks for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And just as you remain standing, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 9 and verse number 6. The Bible says, And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you look but to the person beside you and say the glory of the lord shall appear to you the glory of the lord shall appear to you you may be seated this morning god bless you today the glory of the lord the glory of the lord what is glory i, I i've often wondered this when i when i read the verses of scripture and especially this passage here where Moses told the people of Israel, if you do these certain things, the glory of the Lord is going to appear to you. You're going to see God's glory. It's a very interesting idea, a very interesting concept. And really, the the glory of the Lord, when you study it in the Scripture, it's a way of talking about the visible or active presence of God the Bible tells us that God is a spirit and that he is everywhere at the same time he is in all places at once so we we say things like um, well the proud the power of God just walked into this room or the glory of the Lord is here or Jesus is here and and you you might say well if God is everywhere all at the same time is that kind of redundant to say that. God is here. Wasn't he here, you know, three hours ago when nobody was in the building? Yes, God God was here because God was also where you were, and God will be where you're going this afternoon and this morning, and um, he's in all places at all times. That's his nature. He's all present, all powerful, and, and it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that idea or that concept, but there are moments when God God reveals His presence to us. God exposes to our natural senses the supernatural touch of His Spirit. It's as if God makes us to know I'm here, but I'm not just here so that you go, Oh, nice, that was great, but I'm here for a purpose, that I'm, I'm revealing myself to you for a reason. And so we get this expression, the glory of the Lord. The word glory means honor, majesty, wealth. Uh, it can use can be used in the Scripture to speak of many things, and we'll we'll go through some of those examples just to give you an idea. I believe when you know what the Bible teaches you, and what the Bible says, you can experience the presence of God in a much deeper and more intimate way than just experiencing it without knowing knowledge. Gives you understanding, and, and 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 if you understand something, then you know how to navigate it. You know you know how to how to use it to your advantage and how to get the most out of it. And so, this is the intention of this message this morning. First Kings chapter eight and verse eleven talks about how the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord in such a way that the priests, those who were who were the, the leaders of the temple. Could not even stand in the temple to minister because of the cloud that was there. So the Bible gives us this idea that the glory of the Lord can sometimes appear like a cloud, some kind of a haze or a mist, a, a something visible, but so so much more than a cloud. I don't know if you've ever woken up on the, some of those glorious spring rainy mornings, you know, where the mist. And the fog have now uh, just kind of exploded. And, it, and it's almost like you can walk outside and just put your hand through it. And it kind of swirls around your hand. Anybody ever experienced that where you, you go outside and it's so foggy and it's, it's, it's mesmerizing that you're literally, literally enveloped in a cloud? Or if you've ever been on a plane and you've flown and you get to that place where... Uh, I love flying in the winter. and That might be, seem weird to some people, but generally here in, in the GTA... We have this cloud cover that just covers covers this this area all winter long. And it, winter is somewhat gray except for days like today, the glorious sunshine that's out there. And you kind of get used to that gray overcast way of, you know, you just walk outside and it's just gray. It's sunny, but it's gray. And you're like, well, you know, you don't even think about it. And then you get on a plane and you fly and the the plane breaks through that cloud barrier right and as it's going through the clouds you can see the clouds swirling around the wings of the plane and then you break through onto the sun and you're like whoa the sun really is shining and it's and it's clear and wow i was just i was just under this this haze of cloud it affected my mood it affected my my way of thinking it affected everything and now wow look at this this is so beautiful so pretty uh, that, that kind of the, the glory of the Lord, it affects everything. It, in this case, it was so penetrating, so thick, that the Bible says the ministers could not even stand to minister in the presence of the Lord because the glory of God had filled the house. But the glory of the Lord is not always referred to as a cloud, it's not always referred to as a physical presence or manifestation. And sometimes the word glory is used to describe the marvelous works of God. First Chronicles 16, 24 says, Declare His glory among the heathen, His marvelous works among the nations. So in other words, when you tell about what God has done, you are expressing the glory of God. You are bringing Him glory. The, uh, Psalms 19 and verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiworks. A- and so the glory of God not only speaks of, of a presence that you can feel or or experience, but it's also describing the work that God has done or is doing. And, and, and maybe it's creation. You know, you look. Have you ever looked at the in- intricacy of a flower petal and um, been amazed at how a particular flower can be the same species? Two, two flowers can be the exact same but look different. You know, the same exact flower bush, but they have different textures, different uh, uh, nuances of color on, on this petal or that petal. And that is all describing and dis- displaying the glory of God, His great works. The glory of God also, when the Bible talks about the glory, it's it's talking about something that you can give God. Uh, I know the glory of God, it's a big topic. There's It can go in so many directions. Um, First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29 says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Glory is actually something you can give God. It's amazing. You know, God doesn't really really need anything from you he, he's created the world he's created everything in it so he doesn't really need anything from you specifically but the bible says it's possible for you to give god glory it's possible for you to give glory what is that talking about it's talking about uh giving him the credit for what he's done when when uh, you know when we talk about creation we say wow god you have done such an amazing work in creation you're giving god glory you're talking about the great things he's done. You're thanking him for the great things that he's done. You're acknowledging that if it wasn't for him, then these things would not even be possible. It would not be possible for you to experience or or encounter these things. The glory of the Lord often speaks of the sum total of his power. First Chronicles 29.11 says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. It, 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 you, when you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about the sum total of all of God's assets, of his power, of his authority, of his might, of his majesty, of his victory. It is a powerful subject when you talk about the glory of Of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is is also described as God's victory over his enemies. Psalm chapter 3, verse 3. The psalmist writes and says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. The psalmist is describing a situation in which God was a shield, a protection from his enemies. It was the glory of God that surrounded the psalmist. And he said, your glory is my protection. Your glory that gives me victory over my enemies is is my protection. You lift my head. When my head was bowed low from sorrow and suffering, you lifted me up. You lifted my head and gave me a new lease on life. God's presence gives hope, confidence, and protection. Psalm 24, verse 7 and 8 says, Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. The psalmist is talking about God's ability to give victory in a conflict, in a situation where where, where they're being taken advantage of. When the Lord steps in to a situation and And brings victory. He is the Lord of glory. It is His glory. It is is His honor. It is His strength. It is His might in battle against the enemies of our soul. The glory of God is His victory. The Bible talks about how He is the Lord of hosts. He is Jehovah of heaven's armies. The Bible talks about how there are an innumerable company of angels. That, that God is all-present and all-powerful, but God has also chosen to create something called angels, an innumerable company of angels, a, a company that cannot be numbered, a, a vast number of these spirit beings that are God's warring angels. They are his army that cannot be a, a numbered. They cannot be amassed. His, in other words, his strength is limitless. There is no end to his ability to handle a situation. There is no end to his power or his strength or his might. God is a great God who is worthy of great praise. And so the Bible places a high value on the glory of God. In the economy of the Bible, money is by far the lowest of valued items where you look at today's world money seems to be one of the highest valued items one of the highest values of our economy is the status of your bank account maybe even the status of your 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 retirement fund or you know the things that you own or possess they 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 give you a status in the world, but according to the economy of the Bible, the money is the lowest of things valued in Scripture. One of the highest valued items or things in the economy of Scripture is the glory of God. There were nations that came against Israel that had far greater armies, far greater uh, uh, strength, far, much better warriors, much better weapons. Far richer and had more allies. But when Israel had the glory of God in their life, when Israel had God on their side, it didn't matter the size of the army that came up against them. God uh, defeated every one of them every single time. There's stories in the scripture of times when an army would come against the people of God and would amass themselves in great numbers around them and surround them. And and, and God would instruct His people, don't fight. Don't even lift up a weapon or fire an arrow. I will fight this battle for you. And God would defeat them through miracles, through signs, through wonders. God would fight for His people and win a great victory for His people. This is what the glory of God is referred to in the Scripture. The Bible places a high value on the presence of God. And so often you find people lamenting the fact that God's presence has left their life. David prayed in his prayer of repentance when he sinned by by committing adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba and then when she became pregnant with this child that he that he had with her outside of uh, of of wedlock. Uh, David tried to cover his sin by, by getting her husband killed in battle. And, and God confronted David's sin and his deception and his, his murder through the hands of the Amorites. And, and God confronted David. And David, in a, in a true spirit of repentance, bowed his face to the ground uh, and began to pray a prayer of repentance. Uh, and one of David's first words was, God, uh, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't let this be the thing, God, that causes you to walk away from my life forever. You can take my kingdom. You can take my house. You can take my riches. You can take everything from me. But do not take your Holy Spirit from me. There is a high value on the glory and on the presence of God in the Scripture. Because if you have the glory of God in your life, then everything else that you need will be added unto you. Jesus said, it like this, if you seek first the kingdom of God uh, and His righteousness, uh, all the things that you need, uh, all the things that the world seeks for God will add it to your life. There is a great story in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 7, right after Solomon, David's son, finishes building the first uh, official temple in Israel, in Jerusalem. Solomon's temple. And and he finishes it and he's praying a prayer of dedication. There's this great story of when Solomon was done offering sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord. And he made an end of praying. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1 that the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. And sacrifices and the glory of the Lord... Filled the house. So the glory of the Lord is almost like a cloud, but sometimes it's seen as a consuming fire. <clears throat> the Bible says that the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their face to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Notice, there was some kind of visible manifestation in this account. There was fire and there was a cloud that landed on the temple, demonstrating to the people that God's presence is now taking up headquarters in this place. But it's interesting to me that many, many years before this event, this event, this very monumental event at the temple, God spoke to a man by the name of Moses when Israel was just a small fledgling nation exiting the grip of slavery in the land of Egypt. And the people had, had kind of, you know, they'd been slaves for so many years, so they were, they were constantly vacillating back and forth between trusting God and doubting God. Trusting God one day and then doubting God the next day. And it's in the midst of this back and forth that the nation is in. They're in this, I don't know if I'm committed. I'm committed today, but I'm not committed tomorrow. And this back and forth uh, between committed to God and not committed to God. That God gives a very powerful promise. Uh, I want you to hear this in Numbers 14 verse 21. God says, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. All the earth. Can you imagine it? All the earth is going to be filled with the glory of God. Now, think about what we've just been, what I've just been talking to you about. And I know I'm bouncing around from scripture to scripture, and from place to place. I'm just trying to give you a sense of what the Bible means when it talks about the glory of God. We're talking about God's power. We're talking about God's presence. We're talking about God's victory over his enemies. We're talking about God's creative power, his ability to do miracles and wonders and signs uh, and great things. Just the simple touch of his presence. uh, All of these things combined. And the Bible says that the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. Filled. Not, 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 Not touched. Not sprinkled. Not not uh, dusted. The earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. And I get the same image in my mind as, as it was in Solomon's temple where the Bible says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple so much that people couldn't even stand up to do their regular ministering jobs uh, in the temple. And so God gives this promise as I live uh, that if this doesn't happen, uh, I will cease to exist. If this promise is not fulfilled, uh, then I I cannot truly be God. As I live all the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. All of the earth is going to be filled with the miracles of the Lord. All of the earth is going to be filled with the victory of the Lord over his enemies. All of the earth is going to be filled with the active presence of the Lord. All of the earth is going to be filled with His power and His marvelous works. All of the earth is going to be filled with His tangible and experienceable presence. All of the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. So you might ask the question, well, how is this going to take place? And if that is a promise, then then that means I can claim that promise for myself here today in this moment. Because let's just be honest, there's times where we don't feel the active presence of God. There's times we go through life and we feel very empty and very alone and very isolated from the presence of God. Maybe like David, we have sin in our life and we're Desperately praying that prayer, God, don't let this be the final stroke for me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't remove me from your presence. Don't, don't, don't expel me from the court of your glory and of your presence. So how can this promise be fulfilled in my life? It's not complicated. It's not difficult. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus made a promise to his disciples that that God is going to give his disciples, his followers, a comforter. Then Jesus said in verse 18, he's continuing this lesson and he says, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. I, I Jesus just promised them God's going to send you a comforter. And then Jesus tells them just a few verses later, guess what guys? I'm the comforter that's going to come to you. I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Literally Jesus is telling them that my spirit is going to return to the earth. I'm going to leave this earth, but my spirit is going to come back to the earth uh, and comfort you and advocate for you, and be with you, and be in you. In verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. Jesus, the man, speaks of the eternal Spirit of God, that him and the eternal spirit of God are one and they're going to merge together and come and live in the lives of his disciples. In verse 26 he says, the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus is giving them a clue as to how this very great promise in numbers is going to be fulfilled. How is the glory of the Lord going to fill the earth? How is the glory of the Lord literally going to be felt and seen and experienced and, 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 and be among us? How is it going to fill the entire earth? Jesus tells us that it's through the gift of the Holy Ghost that you can experience the glory of God. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, it is the glory of the Lord that is being poured uh, into your life. Uh, I want you to turn to Acts chapter two. Actually, turn to Acts chapter. uh, Yes, turn to Acts chapter two for me quickly, Amaris, if you will. Acts chapter two and verse one. I want you to see this. You remember, just while while she's turning there, you remember in Chronicles when when the glory of the Lord came upon the temple, there was fire and there was a cloud that fell on the temple. It descended on the temple. And so we read the account of the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was first poured out on people. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And there came a sound from heaven, verse 2, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. There was a wind, maybe not a cloud, but there was a wind. And number, Verse number three, the Bible says, and, um, and, there, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. In Chronicles, the fire came and rested over the house of God. It rested on the, the sacrifice over one temple. But in the book of Acts, we see that fire comes from heaven and it doesn't sit on a building, it doesn't sit on one house, uh, but it sits on top of every one of the disciples uh, in the upper room, all 120 of them. Verse 4, the, then the Bible says, and they began; they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. What was God doing? God was turning the temple from a building into a body. God was leaving the temple that was in Jerusalem and He was beginning to enter into the lives of His people. See, the reason for the temple was to perform animal sacrifices that would take the sins of the people and attribute it to the life of the animal. And the animal would die in the place of the people, and they would be pardoned for one year. But when Jesus went to the cross. Uh, He took the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future, and paid for them in one moment uh, of his sacrificial death on the cross. Uh, So there's no more need for a temple, because the perfect sacrifice came, the Lamb of God, and took away the sins of the world. But God still wants to be worshipped, and he still wants to be in fellowship with his people. So now God has left the building, and he's entered the lives of his people. And so you read it in the New Testament, where it says that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of God's spirit. Uh, And so you need to honor God with your body and your spirit, which belong to him. Uh, The Bible also said that you are a holy priesthood uh, and a royal nation. Uh, In other words, that you're not just the temple, but you're the priests that worship God in the temple. So I can give God sacrifices of praise. Uh, I can bring glory to him uh, legitimately and His glory can fill the temple. His glory can fill me up. When I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence, the Bible says, of speaking in other tongues, then God's glory literally fills your body, fills your life, fills you up to overflowing. I had the great privilege yesterday, last night, to pray with people who were seeking to be filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. They came to the altar at Winter Youth. They raised their hands. They repented of their sins. Uh, and there was one girl there who looked like she just stepped out of a party, looked like she just stepped, you know, off the street and into church, and she was down at the front, and she was praying, and and, and she, she was just, you know, tears were rolling down her cheeks. And I stopped her. I said, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? She said, yes. I said, you've repented of your sins. She said, yes. I said, you know when you receive the Holy Ghost, God's going to do a miracle in your mouth and you're going to begin to speak in a language you've never spoken before in your life. She said, yes, I understand that. I said, okay, just lift your hands and begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. And it was seconds as the glory of God visibly fell on her and she crumpled to the floor. And and I don't, you know, I'm not, I know there's some... Pentecostals that like to knock people over, that's not me. I don't like knocking people over. I think you can stand up and, and get just as much from God as you can falling on the ground but literally she she crumpled under the weight of what had just come upon her I believe that I, I that that what was happening inside of her is that there was an emptiness that had been there since she was a little girl and she had been seeking for that thing to be filled uh, for years and she had tried this and tried that uh, and tried this and tried that uh, and finally at the altar she found what she was looking for. And for the first time in her life, uh, that emptiness was full. For the first time in her life, that hole in her heart was filled up with the presence and the glory of God. And it so overwhelmed her that she fell to the floor speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit gave her the utterance. Uh, I didn't tell her what to say. I didn't put words in her mouth. uh, But God filled her up and she began to speak in other tongues. When she came up off the floor, her eyes I, I wish I could have captured it, but there was a light in her eyes. And I know you're like, Pastor, you were just in a church service, and she was crying, and there was light, and I'm telling you, There was something in her eyes that was not there five minutes before. I looked at her and I said, what happened to you? She said, I think God just filled me with His Spirit. I said, I can tell by the way you look. There's something in your eyes uh, that says God has touched uh, your life. Uh, You can receive the Holy Ghost this morning. If you've never spoken in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability to do it, I believe God can fill you in this house uh, before you leave here today if you're open and you're willing. And maybe you've already spoken in tongues. Maybe you've already had that experience of the glory of God filling your life. Uh, But you need a refresher. You need a renewal in your spirit here today. There's three things that we can do to make sure that the glory of God appears in our life. And I want to talk to you about that real quick as we close here this morning. Sister Bryson, if you'd make your way to the organ. We're going to pray and we're going to seek God. I believe the glory of the Lord can fill this house and can fill your life here this morning. Moses told the people, if you do these things, the glory of the Lord is going to appear to you. Three things you've got to do. The first, he says, you've got to give an offering for sin. You've got to give an offering of sin. You've got to take care of the sin problem in your life, first of all. you've got to In other words, you've got to repent you got to tell God you're sorry for the things you have said, you've done, you've thought. And none of us here are perfect. The church is not full of perfect people. The church is full of imperfect people. Uh, before we are leaving here this morning, pastor is going to repent because I'm not perfect. I think things sometimes that aren't right. I do things sometimes that aren't right and, and would be considered sin. And, and there's no shame in that. That's just part of my human nature. I'm just, I'm, I'm flesh and blood just like the rest of you. And so... Moses said, if you're going to get the glory of the Lord to fill the temple, you've got to offer a sacrifice for sin. Then the second thing you've got to do is you've got to offer a burnt offering unto the Lord. Now, uh, I won't get too deep into this, but a burnt offering basically meant that the whole thing went on the altar and was completely consumed with fire. And how does that translate to us here now when we're not offering up animal sacrifices? The Bible says we present to God the sacrifices from the fruit of our lips. Well, a burnt offering was a symbol of you offer the whole offering to God, and so I offer my whole life to him. God doesn't want weekend visits. God wants your Monday through Friday and Saturday. God doesn't just want you to have a conversation with him once a week on Sunday. He wants you to talk to him every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seven days a week. God wants a relationship with you. How are you going to get the glory of God in your life? When you pray, you first repent. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I'm sorry for the things that I've said. I'm sorry for the unforgiveness in my heart towards somebody that's hurt me and offended me. I'm sorry, God, for the things that I've done to offend and hurt others. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. Cleanse me. Wash me. Take not your spirit from me, God. Anything that I've done that I didn't even know was sin, forgive me of it, God. That's repenting. And then offering a burnt offering and saying, God, I surrender myself 100% to you. I want to live with you every day of the week. I want you to be part of my every decision. I want you to be part of my every choice. I want to trust you in every decision that I make. That's complete surrender to God. And then the final was a peace offering. Moses said you've got to do three things. Sin offering, burnt offering, and peace offering. And a peace offering was an offering, we talked about it last week, of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. We've made peace. Now I can thank you. You've, you've, you've washed away my sins. I can give you praise. I can give you thanks. Three things you need to do to get the glory of God in your life. At any moment, you can do this at home. You can pray through to the gift of the Holy Ghost in your bathtub. I've heard stories. There was a lady that came to our church. She, she still comes from time to time. She prayed through the Holy Ghost in her shower. God God's everywhere. Three things you got to do. Repent. Surrender yourself to God 100% and then begin to praise him and give him thanks. Moses said if you do these three things, then the glory of the Lord will appear unto you. You'll feel the touch of God. You'll feel the presence of God come over your life. And if you continue to surrender and yield yourself to him, you'll begin to switch from English or your native language into a language that you've never learned in your life. You'll switch into a heavenly language. The Bible calls it speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. We need the glory of God. I need the glory of God. I need the glory of God to fight my battles for me. I need the glory of God to give me direction. I need the glory of God to bring healing to my life. I need the glory of God to give me uh, uh, power over my sinful nature. I need the glory of God to help me live in a way that is pleasing to Him. Can we stand this morning? If you're needing the glory of God to fill your life, then you can receive it this morning. And if you want to, we, we can. you can make your way to the front. You can pray up here or you can just pray in your seat. It's totally up to you. However you feel comfortable, the presence of God is just as real up here as he is back in the back. It doesn't really matter. But if you want to receive the glory of God. You want to receive the Holy Ghost. You want to be filled or touched or changed or transformed by the power of the Spirit of God. You can have that this morning. God can touch you in a powerful way. And so why don't we just for a few moments, as Sister Bryson plays, you can raise your hands or bow your head, but we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. And you can pray this in your own way. You can pray this in your own way. Use your own words and talk to God in your own way. But basically, we're going to ask God to forgive us of our sin. Can we do that together? Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done. And now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Anything, God, that I have said or thought or done that is not pleasing to you. Any unforgiveness in my heart towards somebody, God, that's hurt or offended me. Lord, by your grace, I forgive and release them. God, I I don't condone what they did to hurt me. But I forgive them today, Lord. I forgive them, but perhaps they didn't even realize what they were doing. And so, Lord, by your grace, with your strength, God, I, I forgive them because you have forgiven me. You've forgiven me of the things that I've done against you. So, Lord, I, I take that forgiveness and I apply it to those who've hurt and offended me. And, Lord, if I've done anything to hurt anyone, to say anything that would be rude or inconsiderate or hurtful to them, forgive me, Father. Cleanse me, wash me, Lord. Purge my heart. If there's any wickedness in my heart, any any bent towards sin or addiction, forgive me, Jesus. I give that to you today. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me, Lord. Cleanse my heart today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, forgive and wash me, Lord. Purify my heart right now. name. In Jesus name come on just a few more minutes longer let the Holy Ghost work on your heart. If something's come to your memory a, a thing you have done or said just confess that to God. Say yeah God thanks for reminding me of that. I'm sorry Lord forgive me. Hallelujah. Jesus Jesus let a spirit of repentance come over us here this morning let a spirit of repentance come over this place today right now in Jesus name god we surrender ourselves to you in Jesus name now we're going to move on to that second step i take care of the sin in my life and now i bring a burnt offering to god i surrender myself 100% to him god in Jesus name i surrender my whole life to you right now god in this moment right here in this moment god i i don't know how that's all going to play out today or tomorrow but I trust you to help me work out the details. Right here in this moment, God, I surrender myself 100% to you. I give you my choices. I give you my family. I give you my life, Lord. Everything I surrender to you today in Jesus' name. I surrender. A good sign of surrender is when you when you raise your hand. So if you would with me, just indulge me for a moment. And would you just raise your hand to God as a sign of surrender? God, in the name of Jesus, I, I surrender myself to you, Lord. I'm open to you. I'm open to what you want to do in my life. I'm open to the healing, God, that you want to bring into my home and my family. I, I open up myself to your direction, to your word. In Jesus' name, I surrender myself to you, Lord. I surrender myself to you. And now keep your hands there and just begin to praise him. Just begin to thank him. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you can say something like, Thank you, God, for giving me your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for filling my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And just stay there for him. continue to praise him. Continue to thank him and offer him that sacrifice of thanksgiving. God, I thank you. Thank you for filling the void. Thank you, Lord. I heard about how you filled the void in that girl's life. God, if you can fill her up, you can fill me up today. And so I thank you for it, God. I thank you, Jesus. If you feel like crying this morning, that's a normal response, a normal human emotion to the presence of God. Don't, don't be ashamed of that. Don't try to, to quench that or stifle it. But allow those tears to flow. If you're feeling an overwhelmingness in your heart or in your spirit, that's totally normal. That's just the presence of God touching your life. Uh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I thank you for what you're doing in me right now. I thank you, God, for how you're touching my mind, how you're touching my life, how you're bringing a change into my life. Thank you for the glory of God. Thank you for your presence here right now, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, touch your people right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive this morning that glory of God to touch your life and to transform you today. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, God. I thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're standing next to somebody in your family. Why don't you grab them by the hand and just pray with them for a few moments and pray that the glory of the Lord will begin to touch their life. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for my family today, God. I pray for this person beside me right now, God, that you touch their life. In Jesus' name, touch them, Lord. Let them never be the same. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your glory today, Father. In the name of Jesus, I praise you, God. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Uh, thank you Jesus. I praise you, Father. I praise you today. I thank you, God, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is something you can practice at home. You don't need to be in a church service to ha- to go through this three simple steps: repent, surrender, and give thanks. When you're at home, if you've never received, if you didn't receive the Holy Ghost this morning, that's okay. Go home and practice it. And say, God, if you want me to have this Holy Ghost thing, Pastor said I can get it at home. So I'm going to do these three things I'm going to repent again, I'm going to surrender again, and I'm going to praise God again. You say, Well, Pastor, I repented this morning. Do I have to repent again this afternoon? You might. <laughs> you're not perfect. <laughs> I'm not. I probably will need to repent before the day's over because I'm, I'm just a human being. God knows my frame. He knows that I'm dust, that my, my human nature is prone to make mistakes. I make mistakes. So, yeah, repent again, surrender again, and give him thanks again. You keep doing that. Do it every day this week and see what kind of a difference it makes in your week. See what kind of a difference it makes. And maybe by next week, you'll come to church. There'll be a lighter step in your step. Maybe you'll even receive the Holy Ghost at home. If you're hungry for it, God will fill you. It's a gift. He wants you to have the glory of God in your life. God bless you this morning. You're dismissed. Greet one another in Jesus' name.